and welcome to the Your Brilliant Career Podcast. This is the podcast to discover what you can do to achieve the success and career that you deserve. I'm your host, Gillian Fox, ex-corporate girl turned executive coach, women's career expert and speaker. My goal with the show is to share practical tips and inspiration to help you to step up in your career. I know careers are not always easy and that there are a bunch of unwritten rules about career success that no one tells you about. From my early days finding my feet in a corporate environment through to a senior executive role in magazine publishing with over 100 reports, I worked with some incredible people and fell in love with the buzz and the glamour of the industry. But there were many long hours in the office dealing with difficult stakeholders and office politics that would make your eyes water. Think the devil wears Prada. I can see that those years provided some of the most important career lessons. I came to realise that women need more than generic career tips. They need the how to navigate the pain points. It is your time to shine. And this podcast is here to inspire you and help you uncover what you need to do to create the success you deserve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Brilliant Career. It is great to have you here. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to my friend, Irene Falcone, the most enthusiastic human being on the planet, seriously. And while she is clearly a very talented businesswoman, you're really going to get a good picture of that shortly, you can't tell me that a can-do attitude and genuine enthusiasm don't contribute to success too. Her energy is infectious. She's honest, she's funny, and she just has some fantastic stories to share. I think you're going to love this conversation. A little bit of background, not too much. So Irene started her career in the media industry, like myself, and that's how we know each other all those years back. And she had an impressive career in media. Following that, she built two incredible companies, one of which sold for $20 million. That's right. And she only had that business for four years. Quite phenomenal. Today, she is the owner of a business called Sands Drinks, which sells non-alcoholic beverages. Remember the pandemic where we all drank too much? <laughs> well, Irene emerged in 2020, post the worst of the pandemic, with this company. So she launched it in 2020. She too wanted to cut down Uh, And in fact, she was really concerned about her drinking and it wasn't, it was work related. It wasn't just purely pandemic, but she really did hit that crisis moment thinking, I just want to stop drinking or reduce my drinking. And this led her to explore her non-alcoholic drink options. And the bottom line is that she didn't find much and she was frustrated with the low quality, the sugar loaded non-alcoholic alternatives that were available in supermarkets and bottle shops. And that simple experience led Irene to channel that infectious enthusiasm to start this business, Sands Alcohol. So if you've been flirting with the idea of cutting down your drink or just curious about the good non-alcoholic brands, check out Sands Drinks. There is plenty to explore with this woman. Uh, I want to share with you how she built these two businesses, her career prior to that, 
um, how she defines herself. She is full of surprises and there is a lot of interesting turns and twists in this conversation. So get ready to be motivated, get ready to laugh a bit (laughs) and get ready to hear the extraordinary journey of a woman who sees opportunities and brings them to life with her infectious enthusiasm. I know you'll be inspired. Let's dive in. Irene, welcome to the podcast. It is such a pleasure to have you here. And I am so excited to be here and talk with you after all these years. I know. Who would have thought, hey, 20 years on that we would be having this conversation from our wonderful days in the media industry, me in magazines, you, I think, working on the Revlon account. Such good memories, huh? I loved working on the Revlon account. And when (laughs) I think about my career, I think about these pivotal moments and Oh, not to go off track, but quick story. Like in, in every, I, every single business decision I make often comes back to a boardroom meeting that I might have had um, in, in the world of magazine, beauty magazines and Revlon. Wow. Like, for example, I remember sitting in these Revlon meetings and we were talking about skin lights. And we only need, you only need one product in a brand to be the icon in order for the whole brand to be successful. And we were in meetings talking about, okay, what's going to be the next skin light? Because they were just continuing skin lights. And, and like, remember that brand? It's like the Maybelline of mascara, right? And, um, and so when I launched Nourish Life, I thought I just need the skin lights. Like I just need one product. <laughs> and now even with Sans drinks, like I just need, I still think now I just need the skin yeah. lights. And I say that to my team and they won't have a bloody clue what I'm talking about. I'll be like, we just need the skin lights. <laughs> and they're like, what are you talking about? And I even did a video on, oh, this is the Maybelline mascara in the non-elk world. Anyway, no one got it. And they were, they were such a nice client as well. I can always remember that. Revlon was such a lovely Worthy. group of people, such a nice culture. But let's talk about you because okay. you, are unbelievable. I mean, you are this founder of two very successful businesses. You have your own product range now. You are a tech and e-commerce guru. You're an ex-corporate girl. You're an ex-media girl. You're a mum. You're a wife. You are all these things, Irene. And I'm omni-channel now too. I'm learning how to run a store and in Westfield. Yes, yes. And now you also have a yeah bricks and mortar stall in Westfield, which is phenomenal. Add that to my list. I know. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to going to see that because it does look like a beautiful stall. But you're all these things. But how do you describe you? Oh, that's a great question. How do I describe me? Um, <laughs> I would describe myself as entrepreneurial. Hmm. What do you think gives you that gift though? Like where did you find that? Because it's, did you grow up with it or is it just something that you discovered? How did, how did you know that that was your space? I realized that I was entrepreneurial when I got out of media world. Cause in, when you work in media, um, I was working at agencies and yes, I was running the Revlon account and some other accounts and you can be a little bit, um, you can be, you're a little bit of leeway working in media. It's kind of fine. You have a bit of fun with it and that was fine and I didn't really realise. I kind of treated each account like it was my own business, like I was almost a consultant to those brands. But when I moved from agency in-house to Universal Pictures, I was working in-house, that was my real opportunity to really understand corporate because agencies, media agencies aren't very corporate. In fact, we had a 
I mean, come on, you remember we had a bar. I, I so remember. We had a bar. <laughs> was a little we mad. Had a bar. <laughs> we had a bar in our in our agency back in the in the days, and you know, um, in the it was back in the nineties. It was People fun, were huh? Working at their desks um, in the in the, in in the nineties, actually, in in media. And um, so it was a bit fun. But when I worked in, in Universal Pictures, I finally, I, I actually worked in, it was owned by GE, so it was very corporate. And when I found myself in HR at least once a week, I realised I'm entrepreneurial. I wasn't allowed to do the things that I was doing. I wasn't allowed to do those deals on the side. I wasn't allowed to have those conversations that I was having with whatever I was doing at the time. And I can't even remember what they were, but I do remember being in trouble a lot for not following the corporate guidelines that I just did not even realise that there was at the time. I mean, there's a lot of tears coming out of those HR meetings where I didn't understand why did I not fit in. And I I was there for seven years. And I think in those seven years, I I realised that I was different to a lot of other cookie cutter people. And I was just a a round peg in a square hole. I remember listening, I think it was in an interview with you and you're talking about getting that gig at Paramount and you did all this research. Like you you researched independently about everything that was happening in the digital space so you could get that job. You really wanted that job. That is so true. I have never studied so hard for anything in my life and I learned so much about, so this was 2007. January 2007, Facebook had only just launched. I think MySpace was still around and we were only really understanding about the internet. I knew that it was the future, but it wasn't really something that the accounts that I'd worked on in agency really embraced that much. It's really interesting. I launched Yahoo actually into Australia, New Zealand when Yahoo launched. It was one of my accounts and I knew like how to launch them in terms of launching the brand Yahoo, but I didn't really know what Yahoo even did. Um, and at the time, I think it was powered by Google. That's how long, long ago we, we were talking now. I just knew there was something there. I just learned everything I could. I remember studying everything I could about digital. And I was very lucky at the time because the person that hired me, who was an incredible marketing director, really saw something in me and really wanted to... Um, really wanted my expertise in the digital area. I fell in love with online and I fell in love with social media. Through that job, I was the first person in Australia to ever advertise on Facebook. I remember calling the US and saying, I want to run an ad for a movie called um, Knocked Up. And I was able to purchase a little matchbox size knocked up poster and put that on the side of Facebook. So it wasn't even a call to action. It was like a little branding ad that went on I Facebook. I don't think you could have the, the, you could even click through at that point. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. But those digital skills that you acquired over their seven years, they must have helped for the next chapter of your life. Because I remember bumping heads with you. I don't know if you remember this. I think we were in Castle Craig and you were telling me about this company that you had started and it all started in the garage, which I absolutely loved loved and and you start have stated that you had a hundred bucks yes an idea and you also had this tech expertise and the combination of those three things allowed you to get this incredible business off the ground tell it tell us about those early days so again i'm going back to to those uh those universal paramount days because we were allowed to volunteer a day a month in you know at a um charity and i picked a charity 
a, a, a charity called the, the National Toxics Network, and and they were a charity that were at the time campaigning to get BPA out of baby bottles and fracking and a whole bunch of environmental stuff. This is really before anyone cared about environmental things, and we were trying to get uh, microbeads um, that were killing the fish out of beauty products and there was all those sorts of things and I'd had that Revlon experience I was really interested in how to make at, at doing all that and so I learned I really fell in love with that charity that I was working on and as part of my learnings about um, movies and releasing movies and trying to market that through social media I really did a big deep dive into into, into Facebook and I was learning Facebook um, and like I said I bought that out on Facebook and I was starting to understand that there was a sounds crazy to talk about it now but at that time if you put something on social media and told one person they would tell three friends and each of those three friends would tell three friends and 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 it, it exploded and i just thought for the first time in my media career you could launch a brand or a product or have a voice or a blog at the time i was just releasing i was just launching a blog to learn more about social I learned for the first time that you don't need a $20 million television budget to reach this amount of people. What an epiphany. So I said, all right, let's, I started a blog and the blog was all about how to live toxin free in the city. And it was really a blog that was based on my journey from working with the National Toxics Network at the time. And I was doing that at the same time as working on films because I was allowed to at the time. And I said to my husband at the time, if I get a hundred followers on a night, I'm going to set up a blog called Nourish Life, Living Toxin Free in the City. And if I can get 100 followers on my page, then I'm going to, um, you know, maybe sell some lip balms or something. Anyway, I got 100 followers, you know, as soon as I launched. I just put the page up and I got 100 followers. And then the US dollar was a dollar ten for our dollar. And so these lip balms were 99 cents US, but they cost me 80 cents or whatever when you do the calculation. So I just ordered a hundred of those because I'd spoken about them on my blog, which I'd posted to social at the time. You can go back and see all this still on Old Nourish. I love this story though. Yeah, scroll back to 2010 and you'll see, oh, I found these blog. Here's a blog and here's these lip balms. And everyone was like, where do you buy them from? And I thought, I'll just start a little thing. I just connected like a PayPal thing to something at the time. Anyway, and I sold those balms and um, and then I bought more and then I sold more of those and then... Um, he ended up selling my car and I'd sold my house already at this point. Then oh, this is what happened. This is just a little side hustle while you're still in media. You've got these things yes. going on. Yeah. Then the craziest thing happened. We are now, so I've started um, there in in January 2005. You're at Paramount for seven years and you started in 2007 with them. Yeah, so by 2010 or 11, yep. or it might have been 12. Anyway, don't get me, don't quote me on the years. <laughs> I got a call from a current affair about my blog. About the blog. About the blog. And they wanted to do a story on a housewife with four kids that was working in corporate that started a blog about how to live toxin-free in the city and still have a corporate job. Was that the moment that you thought, I've got something here? Yes, it was. And I wasn't allowed to do the show because I'd worked because because I couldn't do it because I was a representative of film and I couldn't do a current affair and I was really concerned about the backlash we might get because a current affair usually does bad stories and, you know, we wanted to get Brad Pitt on a current affair and stuff like that. So we didn't want to have an employee there and, and stuff. So I didn't do that story. But I did negotiate to do the morning show instead. And Of course you did, Irene. Of course I did. 
so I did the morning show instead. And, and it's really interesting because if you watch that segment on YouTube, they're asking me, so, and this is crazy, so, Irene, so you're a mum of four that decided that they would throw away all of their toxic products in their house and I don't understand and swap them with natural products. Talk us about this natural product thing because it's very, it's a very small niche. We've never seen, where do you, where would you buy a product like this? It was so out of the realm of mainstream. Wow. Only 10 years ago. I couldn't believe it. It was actually now looking back, I think it was by 2013 that I was on TV. Mm -hmm. And if you look at Google and you look at the search volume for organic skincare, because organic skincare was like unheard of back then, the search volume for organic skincare skyrocketed on the 13th of May 2013, which was the day that I was on TV and it never went down. And that is when I quit my job straight after that. I said, I'm going to do this full time. And then that is when I really went full time on Nourish Life. That's when I sold my car my house. I'd already had the lip balms, but I turned the side hu- the side hustle into a full-blown stocking as many organic and natural products as I could in my garage. And th- that's the story. That's how so it you happened. Sold, so you sold your house and car to get the money to invest in this business from the outset? Well, I sold the car and the house to get out of a mortgage. Yep. So I didn't have to work anymore in corporate to pay a mortgage so yes I was just didn't and then I had enough money to pay rent for a year and I took and I couldn't get a loan I couldn't get a loan for the product so I um I got a credit card the the Combank gave me a loan wouldn't believe it Combank wouldn't give me a loan to buy product but they gave me a twenty thousand dollar loan to say I wanted to go on a holiday to do a holiday oh my goodness took out a holiday loan yeah back in the the day and then I used that didn't go on the holiday used that to buy the stock and of course I paid them back and um and whatever but yeah so that's really the story and that's really how nourish life started yeah how <laughs> extraordinary and the, and the part that will blow the listener's mind is that you sold that business for 20 million dollars to an ASX company after 4 years only 4 years which yeah, is so just I unbelievable did, yeah yeah so that first side hustle I did half a million and then that year I took off I did I went to 2 million and then I went from 2 million to eight to four and then four to eight and then eight to 20 within four years. I was the fastest growing company actually in Australia during those years, during that time. What were published if you look at the, you know, the whatever, the BRW list at the time. Yeah, it was um, it was amazing, but it was so easy to do. I literally put $1 on Facebook and I made $15 back and it didn't matter what I put on Facebook or what I said. I put a dollar and I turned that into $15 and I thought this is a license to print money. Imagine if I put, I remember thinking, I want to buy a house. How am I going to buy a house? How am I going to get a deposit for a house? And I thought, all right, let's work this backwards. I needed 400 grand for a deposit for a house. Okay, so that's to get back 400 and in order for 400 divided by 15. Okay, so I need to put, let's just put $1,000 on Facebook and let's see if I can convert it to 15,000. And, um, and that's what I did. And so literally it was that easy. That is unbelievable. That is just the most phenomenal ex- story. And But you must have had to have worked really hard, Irene. It couldn't have just been that crazy. You must have been innovating and stretching and I feeling like you're taking risks. my ass off. Yeah, there you go. But yeah. if I talk about that versus without dropping ahead, how hard I work now in this business and how hard I worked before Nourish Life, 
I was extraordinarily lucky that I knew about social media and I was able to launch a business at the absolute pinnacle of when social media had taken off. And I remember being at Facebook's offices and I remember them saying, L'Oreal wants to meet you because they want to understand how you connect so well with your audiences through Nourish Life and how corporates like L'Oreal and like the Revlons of the world, how they can connect with people. Because then at that time, so many people were moving away from the corporate faceless company to the there was no influences then, but it was really about business owners talking about their own business. And it was a lot like TikTok is now. It was raw and it, and people fell in love with people and businesses and they wanted to support them. And they, so I bought the house in cash with the money I'd made from the Facebook. This is before I sold the company. And I remember taking my child to school and I remember people coming up to me on the first day saying, I recognize you from Facebook you're Irene from Nourish Life. And I was like, yeah. And they said, I bought that badger balm and it helped put my child to sleep. And I bought that lip balm you talked about. And I bought that black chicken deodorant you talk about. And they'd open their bags and they'd show me what they bought. And oh my goodness me, Nourish Life was the most incredible business. I don't think anyone had created a business like that, anything like that, and and and, and turned it from zero to 20 million on their own um, in four years and then sold it. Irene, every time I think of you and I see you on LinkedIn and that sort of stuff and whenever we bump heads, I always feel, and I know this is going to sound funny, but I always feel so proud of you as an ex-colleague and peer. Like you've just done so well and you're just beginning. (laughs) You are just beginning. So let's talk about this this next part of your journey because it is fascinating because you stepped out of that business, which I imagine was hard. Was it hard to let go of that business? It was really hard because the company that bought it didn't do what they were going to do. I'd sold the company to an ASX listed business and I'd sold it to two people in that company that I really liked, that really believed in Nourish Life and really wanted to take it to the next level. And they were great. But unfortunately for me, um, that they did a buyout. This is all public information, but they did a failed management buyout a couple of months after they bought me. So they were going to buy it out, take it private. And that didn't happen. And then I got lumped with a bunch of people that didn't appreciate me or my business. And I don't think any orders, I don't know if anyone got an order in the last six years. I don't know, maybe some people did. It was pretty devastating for me. I was so upset about the complaints and the reviews that I had to leave because I actually couldn't hack it anymore. And I ended up, I ended up becoming, I don't want to say an alcoholic, but I ended up self-medicating with alcohol to cope with the devastating loss of that business and my customers my customers that I cared about more than anything. Well, I imagine it, it would be very difficult. I, I found it very interesting, the statement that you made, because you're not a person who has regrets, but you said you regretted your decision to sell because at the time you thought you needed a couple of strong men and a big corporate to take your business from 20 to 100 million. Yeah. That's exactly right. So how do you how do you think about yourself differently today then? Well, I started Sans Drinks because I think that I just so desperately wanted to have that connection with people, with women particularly, back. I love helping women on their health journey. There's so many successful businesses or business people want to help other people. And whilst I'm not out there to change, you know, to necessarily help everyone do everything, the concept of helping 
people change one part of their wellness journey and doing that really well fills my cup and it filled my cup and my cup was empty when I sold it. And so I started Sands Drinks in the um, in the pandemic off the back of drinking a bottle, probably a bottle of vodka a week in the shower, crying over, over Nourish Life. And I said, I'm just going to do it. And then I just started again. I remember just running these ads for non-alcoholic wine because it's very similar to Nourish Life. It's just another step in your wellness journey. You know, you take the toxins out of your your body and what you eat and then you take it out of your your wine as well and your your drinks. And I ran an ad. I went, oh, this is, this is funny. I went, oh, I know how to do this, this old trick. I'll tuck a dollar on Facebook. And I'll turn it into $15 and then I'll just make and I'll just make another $20 million business again. Easy peasy. Interestingly, it's enough. It was that easy because we were in a pandemic and a lot of people were on social. And I just ran it out on social with some photo of my face and say, hey guys, I'm back. I've got this new business now. And I was able to, I targeted people who love natural beauty products because I knew they would recognize me when they saw my ad. Of course, I had no access to my original database in any way, but I was still able to target them. This is before Facebook the Apple privacy thing. So I was able to, to reach people and I was able to grow a really big following and a really big audience really quickly. And um, I've got to say in the first year of Sands Drinks, I was doing um, ROIs of, of 12 to one again on Facebook, purely on Facebook. And and that's how I built my business, this business again so quickly. Got the old band back together. So Sands Drinks, just so everyone knows, is alcohol free. And, and yeah. you have quite an extensive range now that goes from wines to all, all sorts of cocktail drinks and everything don't you and you have a, a beautiful shop in Moringa Mall with it what aside from your own experience of drinking too much and I mean we were inundated with news from the media as well during the pandemic that everyone was drinking a bit too much <laughs> like was that the catalyst for you to target this as a business because there's lots of avenues you could have gone down the wellness route yeah it was uh, it was an avenue that hadn't been done and I'm very much about disrupting and I wanted to disrupt the liquor industry and I actually interestingly enough I set out to really disrupt Dan Murphy's I thought Dan Murphy sells alcohol I went there to buy some non-alcohol didn't really have any because I was drinking too much during the pandemic and that was the only thing that was open or bottle shops were open and um, and there wasn't any and I thought this is a really great opportunity and to disrupt that market and I actually set out to get people to stop drinking alcohol and to buy non-alcoholic alternatives yeah so I've got a non-alcoholic alternative to every mainstream drink that you can imagine that was the strategy at the time and why do people come to you is it for health is it weight loss is it because we're more educated about the impacts of alcohol today what's normally the driver for your customers my customers drink alcohol they love drinking and they're women predominantly 40 plus women unless they're younger and they're pregnant who love a glass of wine (laughs) or a glass of champagne or a gin and tonic we know as women because we're smart that in order for us to continue on our long and winding health journey, that we need to have balance, balance in our lives. And when things are tipped too far one way, we're very good as women to bring it back a little bit. And so my customers opt to drink my drinks, usually predominantly Monday to, to Thursday and Sundays, and then they'll drink their alcoholic drinks on a Friday and Saturday night. And that's about balance as well so it's not about going cold turkey at all it's about or having a break for a month or two 
for whatever reason it's about not being it's about being able to continue to have our routines and enjoy a drink with friends but not consume the alcohol and we know that's not good for us for so many reasons and so that's really the concept and the target audience and what I had set out to to do. So I've been following a lot of people um, who advocate for not drinking. And there's one guy that I follow. His name is J- James Swanick, really interesting bloke. And he predicts that in 20 years' time, drinking alcohol will not be the norm. So if we think back to 20 years ago, particularly in the media industry, Irene, everyone was smoking and drinking, but particularly smoking, you know, there was a lot of people smoking. And now I I can't even think of a friend that smokes. Like it's that rare these days. Alcohol is 100% the cigarettes era of the 60s. Of course we're absolutely, and there's lots of discussion about there there being a a picture and a label on, on wine labels now, like the cigarette packets, yes. What do you think your superpower is? Like you've built oh. up two fabulous businesses and don't tell me hard work. What what do you think no. it is? No, no, no. Hard work is not my superpower at all. I'm terrible at that. Um, no, no, I, my superpower is the, I actually know what my superpower is because I've thought about it a lot and I'm not great at a lot of things, but I'm great at one thing. And I know, <laughs> this is a bit of a, <laughs> I know what women want. <laughs> yeah, I okay. know what women want yeah. and I'm able to either find, source or create, if it's not there, exactly what women, because I'm female, right? I know what women want because I'm one of them. I know what we want to enrich our lives and to help us on certain areas of our wellness journey. And I just know, and I know what product to put in um, women's hands. I mean, I'm not so great with the beat, not out beers and the men and all that's a bit touch and go with a bit of guesswork, but I know exactly what women want to drink and, um, and what, they want, what they want to put on their body and their skin and what they're looking for. And I just give them that. And it's just as simple as that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And you can see that you're good at it. And the media training would have honed that skill for you too, because you're always thinking about how do I connect with the customer? What do they want? How are they thinking? What do all I want them to Morgan feel? All that Morgan research. Yeah, all of that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> reports I read. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's too many memories. <laughs> and, Irene, is, do you know what's next for you? Well, for me, what's next is it's an interesting time because with Nourished Life, it took a very long time for the mainstream supermarkets and the chemist warehouses and the price lines of the world to catch on to natural beauty products. It took them a really long time. It probably took them a decade, I'd say. And they're still, they don't do it great, but they to catch on. And you can go into a chemist warehouse now and quite easily find a skincare product without parabens in it now. It's pretty easy. What's interesting with this business is you've got, like the supermarkets and the Dan Murphys and whatever of the world that all of a sudden very quickly, very, very quickly caught on to the non-alcoholic drinks category and phase um, and were able to work very quickly to try and sort of scramble to quickly stock their shelves as well with non-alcoholic. So it's been really interesting. So I had to be quite a lot more clever in that with no stuff. I didn't really need to make my own products that much because there was so many great products out there that you couldn't get anywhere else. With Sands Drinks, the future, my future is definitely differentiating myself because I originally set out 
to give people an alternative to Dan Murphy's, but then Dan Murphy's is like, oh, we don't want to. Well, no, no, hang on a second. No, 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 we'll just stop that. No, 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 we don't sell alcohol. No, 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 we're not out. They even set up like a, a, a store in Melbourne. I don't think it, I think it's gone out of business now called Dan Murphy Zero. Like all of a sudden, well, no, no, we're a zero. No, no, we're zero. Um, so I think the trick is to continue to create and work with exclusive brands, more like the Mecca model. Um, in that you can't get what I sell in other stores and what I sell is um, leaps and bounds better than the mainstream kind of, I want to call it mainstream kind of great juicy flavour. Yeah, so I think for me it's about developing more and more of um, my product. And, of course, I don't wholesale my product, so I sell it directly to my consumer for wholesale prices as well. So they get a really good product for a really good price that they're really going to love that they can't get anywhere else. And I think that's the thing that sustains Sands Drinks and the Sands Drinks own brand against the juggernaut of Endeavour and Coles. Yeah, well, we are so, so thrilled for your success and so proud of you too, Irene. What advice would you give to women? Like you've had this incredible career and you've been, in my view, very brave and very action-orientated all the way through. But what, what would you say to other women to encourage them to have a good career? It may not be your entrepreneurial path, but just to have a good career. I think the most important thing is work-life balance. And I think if you work in corporate, I talked a lot about entrepreneurship and being anti-corporate, but at the end of the day, working in corporate is actually amazing and so much easier than doing it on your own. It's so much easier. You've got someone else to pay those invoices and you've got to check come every week. Um, so for those women... Um, Even get holidays. You get a, you get a holiday. Um, there's so, you know, you can, you can salary sacrifice your car. There's so many amazing... And you can have free training programs. I am actually a big advocate for the corporate world, even though I'm not corporately minded. Um, so I think we're so lucky as women now. We've got equal, we can get equal pay. We've got support. I mean, back in media, back in the media days, right, like there was no support for women. There is now. So I think that if you're a female in corporate, you've got everything going for you and nothing against you. I think it's a mate, brilliant and, you know, keep on top of your training and but work-life balance is important. You can have that. For women who are entrepreneurial that want to jump into running their own business, um, it's got to be the side hustle until you really replace your income. Don't do what I do. I, I don't do what I did. What I did was risky as all heck. I mean, I even like now not regret, but I even question why did I start Sands Drinks? I had a $20 million. Why didn't I just buy a yacht and just sail around? Why, why did I do this, right? <laughs> it's a but, fair question, Irene. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. And I, you know, why did I do this? Because it's a hard slog and it's very hard to get work-life balance. And i you know, don't remember my daughter. I remember dropping off. I remember dropping off my daughter to school when she was in um, grade three or something. And I remember her saying to the teacher, "My mum's going to be a millionaire one day. She's got this great skincare." Oh, bless. Talk about belief. I know, right? I thought that was amazing. But the reality is, is she's doing a HSC now, and I don't recall any of the anything between those two between that in the last six years. Except you're for, so head down. Yeah, yeah, except for the stress of running a business. And so um, I'm actually a big advocate of a corporate job because it's just so much easier. 
Yeah, yeah. No, there there are sacrifices. There's no doubt about that. But but look, you have achieved some great things, and I think you've contributed a lot to to women uh, across the board, Irene. And um, you're such a gorgeous person. You've always been a gorgeous person, even from our early days working together. And we were very very young back then, possibly as young as 25 when we first started working together. But you you still are gorgeous, and it's been wonderful having this conversation with you today. So thank you so very much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to give you something for free to help you with your career. It's my guide on how to say no at work. It is perfect for the people pleasers. And if you like the idea of learning how to say no gracefully and honestly, and in a variety of work situations, then you'll love this guide. It includes six scripts on how to say no without compromising your reputation. This is the sort of thing you want to quietly put in your career development toolkit and pull it out when you need it. Click the link in the description or go to yourbrilliantcareer.com.au backslash free guide. See you soon.